Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Boots on the Ground pod alongside Ben Conroy. I am Essex Thayer, and Ben, we have been waiting for this moment for quite some time. It is our first basketball-centered pod of the season. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, pumped to get into it. So much to be excited about with this team this year. A lot of new faces in the mix. Um, Some key returning pieces as well. A lot to look forward to, and... Yeah, it feels like feels like we've been waiting for this day for for months. Yeah, so in terms of things to get excited about, we have two guests coming onto the Boots on the Ground pod later in this episode. So stay tuned for them. Very exciting stuff to come, I am sure. But for now, Ben, let's go ahead and look at what we, you know, what happened last season for Wake Forest basketball. A bit of a disappointing season, a lot of hope. Another oh-so-close but oh-so-far type season in terms of the NCAA tournament. A lot of that, as we'll get into, you know, the Damari Monsanto injury was a crippling one for the Deeks, but just another instance of right on the cusp, but not quite there getting over the hump yet. Yeah, when you when you look back at last year's Wake Forest basketball team, it's really sort of a fascinating case study. So they finished 19-14 and 14 overall. 10 and 10 in ACC, a really strong home record, 13 and three at home, um, had some really good wins at home, which I'll get into here in a second, and then really struggled on the road going four and eight in a way. You know, their season ends with um, an ACC tournament loss to Miami, really good fight in that game, um, but Miami was just sort of the better team there and went on to make a really strong um, March Madness run. Um, so, you know, like, like I was saying, this Wake Forest team had a lot of a lot of key memorable wins early on in the year. You know, early on they beat, Utah Valley in overtime at home. Um, Ty Appleby hits a really, you know, fantastic game winner off of that um, that brilliant inbounds play where Cam Hildreth threw it up to Matt Marsh. Matt Marsh tosses it out to the wing, and Ty Appleby drills it for the win. Um, and then a little bit later on, they go to Wisconsin and win in Madison against a really good Wisconsin team. Win 70, 78, 75 there. One of the best wins probably of the entire season that I can remember, and one of the best Wake Forest men's basketball wins in recent memory. They take out App State at home on another game winner from Andrew Carr. Um, they beat Duke at home uh, in the Joel. That was a really memorable one to cover in person. Win by 11 there. Duke was ranked number 14 at the time. They beat number 19 Clemson at home, 87-77. Um, they beat a North Carolina squad at home, 92-85, where Ty Appleby has a historic performance, um, breaks a record for most field most free throws made in a game. Um, for Wake Forest and I believe in the ACC. Um, and then, you know, obviously the maybe the most memorable win um, against Syracuse in the first game of the ACC tournament, Davian Williamson's hometown hero moment um, with the long-distance buzzer beater to win 77-74. Um, so those are the highs, some of the lows um, against Loyola Marymount in the championship of the Jersey Mike's Jamaica Classic blow a big lead at the end of regulation um, in the last couple of minutes, just a really frustrating, maddening game to watch as a Wake Forest fan. Um, And then, you know, a a game they should have won in a tournament, they should have won as a result, looking back. Um, Some really big blowout losses. They lose to Clemson 77-57 on the road. Um, They get blown out by Rutgers on the road by 24 um, they blow a lead at half against LSU and the Holiday Hoops Giving Classic in Atlanta, which you and I are both covering in person, led by eight at half, gave up 35 points to LSU's KJ Williams and lose by two, lose at Pitt by two, lose at home to NC State by two, um, giving up 
you know, 31 points to DJ Burns that night, who just kind of was all over the place against Wake Forest defense. And then they lose by two again to Boston College on senior, perhaps the most demoralizing loss of them all. So a season of some pretty epic highs and lows, like you said, you know, for this team to not even be be rewarded with an NIT bid is frustrating. Um, And, you know, certainly something that's that Steve Forbes will will not want to repeat this year. Yeah, Ben. So when I think about like the goal for Wake Forest, what it's been ever since Steve Forbes made the transition to Winston-Salem from ETSU, it's been get to the tournament, right? Wake Forest hasn't been to an NCAA tournament since 2017. And even that was for the first four, which didn't, you know, go the Deeks way. And nowadays in the new age of college basketball, the way to get to the tournament, a lot of it is that quad system, the quad games, right? You know, quads one, two, three, and four. And last year, the story of Wake's season was its struggles in quad one. They went two and nine in 11 quad one opportunities. And a lot of those were were some missed opportunities. You know, the best, probably the best, one of the best wins of the season was Wisconsin away a quad one Duke at home was also a quad one win really, really big wins that could, you could build a season on, but wake really just couldn't get it done. And there, the, the missed opportunities there going to Clemson, Clemson was a good ball, you know, good team last year uh, really struggled at Clemson. I was at that game and it just never felt like wake Forest was really in it. Rutgers, you know, never, never a game for wake Forest, but another quad one, they will have a chance to play against them at home against the Joel in the Joel against them in the Joel this coming year, you know, North Carolina away was a quad one. And then there was a stretch of the season that really, really hurt wake forest. And it was in January. The month of January was really tough for the Deeks, especially on the back end. So four straight games lose at home to Virginia by nine. And that game was a lot closer than the final score. Wake forest did really had an opportunity to beat Virginia at home. Then a few days later, go to pit a game we were at, lose by two, another quad one opportunity, go back home, lose by two to NC State, a quad two, but NC State was a really good team, another win that would have looked really good on the resume, and then lose in Cameron Indoor by two, another quad one opportunity against Duke. So four losses in a row, three of them quad ones, another quad two it's something that can just kill your opportunity at an NCAA tournament. So looking forward to this season for Wake Forest, the quad ones have got to be something where Wake Forest can strike at a little bit, you know, higher clip. And then we talked about those losses last year. I mean, Wake Forest with three losses in the quad three and quad four, just things you don't want to have. The LSU and Loyola Marymount losses were, were just so critical. Boston College at home was a quad four loss. That was demoralizing, kind of signaled the end of Wake Forest season and its hopes of sneaking into the back end of the NCAA tournament. Those are just kind of the two when you look at them from a quad system. What's oh so important now, you can't have those losses that Wake Forest had last year in those quad three and four. And that quad one, you don't have to win all those quad one games. No one is winning all those quad one games. But going two and nine is just a crippling reality for a power five basketball team. It's got to be a little bit better. You got to win some of those two point games that Wake Forest lost if they want to be an NCAA tournament team in 2023, 2024. 
Yeah, you know, one of the, the toughest parts about the, the quad system is sort of the ever-shifting nature of what is a quad one win and what isn't. I know a, a point of frustration for Steve, Steve Forbes in the past has been, you know, they had that great win against Duke at home. Um, you know, Duke struggled at different times throughout the year. That win was sort of shuffling back and forth, you know, between a quad one and a quad two win. Um, so the, the focus is always winning the right games for Wake Forest. And, you know, the, the problem is you don't always know what those right games are going to be. So you have to really sort of treat every game like it could end up being a, a critical win for your March Madness resume, which is a really tough way to, to operate, especially, you know, for a team like Wake Forest, where, you know, the every single game is going to count for them in order to to make a run at the NCAA tournament someplace where they haven't been um, for a while. And, you know, likewise, you got to limit those bad losses. Um, the the Boston College loss, just something you can't have. Um, LSU went on to really struggle the rest of the year after they beat Wake. Um, so, again, like you just never know what losses are going to come back to haunt you. And, you know, vice versa, you never know which win is going to end up making your season. So, you know, it's especially in a conference like the ACC, where really you could have teams surging throughout the year and, you know, shuffling up and down. It's just um it's that's definitely going to be a point of improvement for Wake Forest is sort of taking care of business in the games they know they can take care of business in and then taking advantage of those some really good opportunities to to steal wins in quad one opportunities. You know, they lost a lot of close games, a lot of games by two or three points, which I know was really frustrating for Steve Forbes and and for certainly the rest of the team just being right there in so many different opportunities and not being able to get over the hump. You know, you would think this is a team that could have easily had four or five more wins last year. And, you know, who knows how their postseason resume shakes up if that's the case, if they if they go home, you know, on the opposite side of some of those really heartbreaking two or three point losses. Um, but, you know, it's a it's a new year this year and, you know, lost lost some production for sure. Tyree Appleby is gone, um, but you gain some really exciting uh, pieces as well from the transfer portal and just some of the new freshmen joining the program. Yeah, you talked about losing Ty Appleby, Ben, also losing Davian Williamson, Bobby Clintman, and that whole fiasco that that situation was with him with him leaving Wake Forest to go to the draft and then pulling out of the draft, and he's going to be playing in Australia this coming season. Davion Bradford going to New Mexico State, Lucas Taylor going to Georgia State, and Ra McCray going to, to Jacksonville. A lot of lost players for this Wake Forest program, but... It, it not only there's opportunity, you know, with the returning guys left, thinking about guys like Damari Monsanto, Cam Hildreth, Jao, Atuka, even though he's going to be hurt for a while, Zach Keller, Andrew Carr, Matt Marsh, the list goes on and on and on. But it brings in the opportunity, which Steve Forbes has proven to be so, so good at, is attacking not only the recruiting front, but the transfer portal and just re-transform this team into one that, again, going into the season looks like it has a shot to go and, and compete for an NCAA tournament. And if things shake out the right way, Ben, I think this, the makeup of this team it is one that can not only make the tournament, but also make some noise. Yeah. Um, you know, Steve Forbes has been dubbed the portal whisperer by some, and he has lived up to that title. You know, he went out this off season and got um, a couple key pieces at positions where he was a little thin last year, you know, the production at center last year wasn't always what they were looking for. They go out and they get Afton Reed, you know, um, guy with NCAA tournament experience from, a, you know, a massively successful power five program in Gonzaga. You get Hunter Salas, who is an outstanding two-way player and will, you know, really make this backcourt a force to be reckoned with. And then you get Abramo Kanka from 
UCLA as well. So just, you know, some really exciting, um, some really exciting additions to the team. And you can see it was a very intentional effort by Steve Forbes to, you know, look back at the body work from last year, see what was thin, um, you know, what the team lost in terms of production and then go out and replace those things, both on the recruiting, you know, on the recruiting track, like you mentioned, and, in the portal to the, to the best of their ability. He's always done it well. Steve Forbes has, you know, Tyree Appleby's a prime example of that last year led, led the ACC in both scoring and assists, which is just a remarkable feat. Um, and so, you know, you would, you would like for that portal success to continue for these new guys to come in and, and mesh well and, and make an impact right off the bat. Yeah. And replacing a guy like Ty Appleby with Kevin affectionately known, affectionately known as Boopy Miller from central Michigan, Got freshman and Marcus Marion, Aaron Clark, Parker Friedrichson, a lot of talent coming into this Wake Forest program for this upcoming season. A lot of talent that we are excited to talk about. We'll talk about next week in our big all-around basketball podcast leading into Wake Forest exhibition game with Alabama. But we will save all of that for next week. We've looked back on last season. Now we're going to have some help looking ahead to the upcoming year for Wake Forest basketball. And we are so excited to be joined by two of our favorite, you know, favorite players, two of our the earliest members of the Boots on the Ground movement. Coming up next, an interview with RJ Kenna and Kevin Dunn, two walk-ons within the Wake Forest basketball program. We will have them right after the break. So stay tuned. We're now excited to be joined by Kevin Dunn and RJ Kenna from the Wake Forest men's basketball team. Kevin, a junior, appeared in three games off the bench last year for the Deeks. He pulled down a rebound against South Carolina State, a Winston-Salem native, went to Forsyth Country Day. RJ Kenna, also a junior, appeared in three games off the bench in his sophomore year, recording a block and an assist against South Carolina State and scored two points against Hampton. RJ, Kevin, we're really excited to have you guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate being here. Yeah, love to be here, guys. Thank you so much. Ben, I'll let you America's get started off with walk-ons. Yeah, our two favorite walk-ons. Ben, I'll let you get started with the questions. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll take care of the business first, and then get to some of the fun stuff later on. But first of all, so you know, this is this is a new team, a different team than it was last year. You guys have some new guys from the transfer portal in the mix. Um, guys like Hunter Salas, Efton Reed. Boopy Miller, Abramo Kanka. What have you seen from those guys on and off the court so far throughout the offseason? Uh, so far, I think they actually joined really well. I think it's a cohesive unit. Even like at this point compared to last year, I think as a team, we're a lot closer. We're always hanging with each other. I think hats off to Cameron Hildreth and Andrew Carr. Uh, they did a great job of setting the tone for everyone else. So it made it really easy to build that culture and have those guys join. Yeah, our team is gelling really well. Um, you know, Coach Forbes brought in a great team of guys on and off the court. I can't really thank him enough for having such great guys for both on and off the court. They're playing really well, but they're also great dudes, too. So I couldn't ask for a better team. And so also new freshmen in the locker room. You got Aaron Clark, Marcus Marion, Parker Friedrichson. What's that process been well, like? Also, Vincent Will to her walk-ons. You shot them out too. Thank you. Thank you. Of, co- of course, can't forget the 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 most important guys to to the boots on the ground team. We we love ourselves the walk-ons, so can't can't forget them. We'll certainly be trying to mix them in this season. But 
you know, mentioning those guys and also, you know, Aaron, Marcus, Parker, what's the process been like for getting those guys assimilated onto the team? Uh, I think compared to last year, I think we have a much bigger freshman class, so that's helped them. They've been able to rely on one another. I think they're also real high character guys on and off the court. I think Parker and Aaron, they're very energetic. While Marcus, Marcus is like, uh, he's more kind of reserved. So you got a lot of personalities and I think they, they fit in really well. I think the summer helps a lot too. Having these guys here so early, taking a two or three Wake Forest classes too before school starts. Just getting kind of set up to what Wake Forest is on and off the court. Makes them a lot better to get ready. So, yeah. Yeah, and obviously, you know, we're still in the preseason. Um, you're sort of trending towards the season getting started here. But having gone through most of an offseason at that point, what is sort of the mentality of this team or the identity shaping into? And what are what are some goals that you all have, you know, set out for set out for yourself coming off of last year with, like we've talked about, kind of a, a new group of guys in the locker room? I think the main goal that is just make the tournament. I think two years in a row we've been right there. And I think uh, this is the year we're really wanting to take that next step and get into the tournament. Uh, I think our culture, it was really tested, I think, with Mrs. Forbes, with everything that's happened. I think that it took us, you know, everyone by surprise, but it also brought us all together. It showed that, like, when one person goes down, whether it be staff, player, manager, we're all going to be there to pick each other up. And I think it's just brought us close together and, you know, shaped that we're a family on and off the court. And through thick and thin, we're going to get through it. Yeah, I think one thing you'll see this year more than ever is that we play hard, smart together. It's kind of Coach Forbes' catchphrase, play hard, smart together. And, you know, when, he, when Coach Forbes is your coach, you're always playing hard. Uh, but this team's really smart. Um, you know, our assistant coaches are helping out a lot with that. But our players are really smart. And, you know, off the court, we're always together. So on the court, we're together, too. So we're looking really good this year. And so we mentioned the last two years, you know, how close Wake was to the tournament. What are some of the areas that, you know, the whole coaching staff, Coach Forbes, the rest of the staff have been focusing on for this team to improve from last year to get you guys over that hump? I think overall it's just taking it game by game, winning each game. And I think, uh, you know, we focused on offense and defense. We kind of looked at it as a whole, I think. Uh, We set out some goals for offense, you know, have our efficiency be a little higher, uh, make sure we're, make you know, delivering the first punch and not, taking that first blow so then we can be kind of the aggressor and not being like, you know, being the one taking the punch, I guess. Yeah. And as I already said about efficiency, yeah, our coaches on offense and defense are looking at advanced stats now more than ever. Um, whether that be rebounds per minute or offense efficiency, defense efficiency, you know, free throws attempted, free throws made, stuff like that. Like we have certain goals for free throws, certain goals for efficiency, certain goals for fast break points that we're really meeting right now which was going to have us win more games and win those games. You know, we had a lot of games that were two points and went either way last year. Hopefully that won't be this the case this year because we're looking really specific right now and making sure we do all the small things right. So I'm really confident in this season and couldn't be more confident in our coaches, staff, and players. Yeah, and, you know, we've we talked a little bit at the, at the top of the um, at the top of the segment here about, you know, some of the new guys. But obviously, this team also has some really important returning pieces as well from last year. Guys like Andrew Carr, Cam Hildreth, um, what has the leadership of those guys been like? And also, you know, of the recently named like team captains, you know, those guys were been selected to lead the team. And also, you know, Efton Reed being named a team captain this year. What has the leadership style of those guys been like so far? I think Andrew Carr and uh, Cameron Hildreth, they've done a fantastic job. They've really incorporated everyone. They brought us together. Uh, you know, we're not having a bad practice there. They're going to let us know. And I think that's what we need. And I think Efton, he's also really vocal. That's what we needed. He's a guy that's 
whether you want to hear it or not, he's going to let you hear it and he's going to keep everyone in line and steer the, the ship where we need to go. Hunter's also, he's a great leader. He works his butt off, I think. Uh, they're all high work ethic, high character guys that were just needed and they're going to take us hopefully to the promised land. Yeah, Epton coming from two two great programs, brings a lot of knowledge. So, you know, him being vocal is really helpful. Um, Cam is really just embodying our past leadership, whether that be Dallas Wall and Jake Laravia last year, David and Tyree. You can really see those leaders coming out from him. And then Andrew's been two-year captain. He's a great, amazing leader. But there's also a lot of guys who aren't as aren't as loud. Her great leaders like Matthew Marsh leads by example really well. He's always in in their first out the out, out last. He's a great player. Um, but a lot of younger guys are leading too. You lead by you can lead by example. You can lead by doing the small things right. So there's a lot of leaders on this team. But I couldn't choose three better captains. I think RJ would agree with that. Yeah. So in terms of, of play, is, is anyone really you know showing out? Someone to look out for going into this season? Some guys maybe that you're excited about to see play. Um, you know, I'm really excited to see Cam play. I think he's ready to take that next step. I think last year he showed flashes of what he can do, but I really think. With this group of guys, I think he's going to take that next step. And I also think uh, AC is going to produce a lot more. I think last year he was batting a lot of injuries from time to time. But I think this offseason really helped him, you know, get his strength back. And I'm excited to see what he brings to the table, too. I think Hunter Sal, also I'm looking out looking out for most. I think he's going to be a great player. He's such an athletic player. Uh, but also, it's a great mid-range game. Great, great three and get the basket at will. He'd be a great player for us. Uh, but Abramo and Boopy are really good too. Um, Abramo's defense is amazing, and Boopy just has such a deep bag on offense. That'd be really fun to watch. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to seeing all those guys get back out there again as well. Um, so now we've got the the business taken care of. We'll we'll move into some of the fun <laughs> questions here. Um, you know, in terms of returning pieces, we we gotta we gotta hit you guys. You guys are back for another year. So what what can we expect from the walk-ons this year? Their new celebrations. You know. What 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 are you bringing to the table this year that is new? You know, uh, we've we've been working on some celebrations, so we're gonna deepen that bag a little bit. You know, you're gonna see us go a little crazy, have high energy down there on the bench. Don't want to spoil anything yet. Got a TBD, you know. I've been watching past film from Black Ice era of Wake Forest basketball. Uh, so Jay Bellis, uh, Hoekstra, I want to get those guys back. Call make some business calls to those guys, network a little bit, and uh, get some advice from those guys. Bring back the. Real deal, and I'm excited to see Miles and Charleston coming up too. So I'm ask him, you know, the big, the the old, the old, uh, old Kevin, uh, some good advice. I'm That's like, what I was gonna say. I was gonna say in terms of Miles, like who's gonna be the guy who's the new Miles, where all the walk-ons come in and they're just chucking up threes, and the entire gym's waiting to like erupt when it hits. I got that one. I'll, I'll give you. Yeah. As we saw last year, I think Kev's gonna yeah, you know, continue that. If legacy. you pass me the ball in a game, it's you're inviting me to shoot, right? That's how it works, right? But uh, my grandpa always said that is how it works. That is hot, how it works. So I'm still trying to get hot, but I'll get there. You'll get um, there. He's gonna stay hot once he gets up. Like miles. So, what'd you say? I'm, I'm waiting for when yes. Kevin hits it, the three and the Joel. Literally, it's like one of the loudest <laughs> cheers you get in the entire season. It's just gonna erupt. Yeah, we'll see. I hope we storm the court. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, also, you know, we're mixing this question in. One of them that we got in our mailbag last year. So, RJ, this is for you. Would you rather fight one Kevin Dunn-sized duck? Or 20 duck sized Kevin Dunn's and why? Hey, who asked this question? Ben, I, I can't remember where exactly it came from in the mailbag, but it, it was up. We there. got it. We got a version of this. We did a mailbag when we were driving up to Pitt. Um, and we got just from someone on Twitter, just and I believe you chimed in, Kevin, which is why I brought it back up. <laughs> so it's one duck sized Kevin or 20 Kevins that are duck sized. 
Yeah, so one ducks or sorry, one Kevin sized duck or twenty duck sized Kevin's. Okay, okay. So okay. a six three duck. I think Kev- six four. Kevin Kevin this offseason, he's he's been in the weight room. He's putting up some weight. I so I, think, I think if I'm taking I'm gonna take the the twenty because you know he's Unit, I think I can just start kicking down low, you know, duck size. I'll start swinging. I think I'll, I'll that'll be my best shot, you know. Personally, I would, I would take the Kevin duck size duck. Um, the 27, I mean, that's me, but I'm taking, I'm taking, I'd rather fight the duck size Kevin because those 20 duck size Kevins, right? Is that what you said, right? 20 duck, yeah, 20 duck size Kevins. Like, this is clearly also like an act. Those guys are academics. Those guys are, those guys are fighting dirty. Down for loose balls, um, they're 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 taking them down. So uh, he made the wrong choice, but great question, guys. Weird question. Hopefully Asking the hard hitting questions here on yeah, boots on the ground. You can tell that's that's what we do. That's what we're known for. Um, you know, bringing the hard hitting reporting here. Um, but for you, Kevin, you know, you broke onto the scene last year with a few post game interviews after some big wins. Can we expect more of that? This coming uh, I year. think so. Yeah. Uh, Joel, the camera guy is awesome. He's super, he's amazing at his job. Um, all the staff at Wake Forest for our media is insane. Um, but they wanted to do a couple more Kevin the court. So after practice interviews, um, also after game interviews. So yeah, I actually really like doing those interviews. They're a lot of fun. Um, just comes kind of naturally. It's fun. So, I mean, I'll, I'll keep doing it as long as they want me to do it. You know, I've seen, I've seen Kevin watch a lot of Anchorman recently. So I think he's been taking some notes. So hopefully he'll, out some new tricks or something i'm not essex there yet but um oh man i'm just waiting for when kevin tries to explain the meaning behind winston-salem like ron burgundy does with san diego or san diego (laughs) uh that that i'm really waiting for that day that's going to be really exciting kevin speaking of things (laughs) that you really you know are naturally good at kind of on the topic of wake forest making their trip to Washington DC this past week, you know, a lot of important things done, a lot of important places seen. Uh, but perhaps one of the most interesting things to come out of that is that you were voted most likely to be president by your teammates. What does this honor mean to you? You know, I was actually voted most likely to be president out of my high school too. So it's the second time winning the award. Um, I basically painted like the, the election map like Reagan did, you know, at 48 states basically red. Um, literally red hair, not red, not Republican. I'm, you know, I haven't decided which party I'm running for yet. Um, but you know, it was a great honor, you know, that my teammates clearly support me. I was really nice. Um, but you know, I'm a politics major, but maybe that played into it, but you know, I was honored for my teammates to support me. I love for Andrew Carr instead, instead of me, he's he's better talking in front of cameras and he's more, looks more presidential, but, um, I'll take the, I'll take, I'll take the event. I'll take the, uh, the vote of confidence, but I don't know if the U.S. needs to be running our country. So I might just, you know, stay to be a walk-on for now. RJ, are you at all worried? Or would you say that other people who are considering running for president of the student body next year, that they should be worried about Kevin? I think they should be worried. I am not running for student body. I think, I think we need to get that going now. You know, I think Kevin's being humble when he chose Andrew <laughs> Carr, but he knows, like, he's he's the big dog. Like, when we're on campus, we know who's who runs it. It's Kevin Dunn. And speaking of running, I remember, I just remember when you and Coach Forth would run sprints on the court. I do recall that, yes, yeah, a, a fantastic a time. time. Yeah, a little, little pod, a little fun fact for this podcast. We were uh, at summer practice one time. We messed up, and uh, we all, Forth was all going on the line. And we were all like, shoot, I was like, oh, I don't want to run right now. And then Forbes went, you guys didn't mess up. The manager messed up. It was uh, us. Yeah, we weren't clapping enough. 
they made, made asses run down and back. And literally, I don't know if you hear it, but this is what the court sounded like. <laughs> yeah, the entire time, all I was thinking to myself, I, I say it often, is I was like, please just don't fall. I really don't want to fall. <laughs> make like a spectacle of myself. But you, you so it. You that it. was that was a huge win for me. It was just, you know, straight line, straight line back. Nothing too egregious. Huge win. You got some crazy natural speed, too. It's, it's, you know, it's <laughs> That's probably the fastest I've moved since I was like 10. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To get Essex, has, Essex has burst. People don't know that about him. He's got burst off the Once line. Once you get the train really moving, does. it's hard to make it stop. Choo-choo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Coach Forbes loves to bring that up every single press conference. He sees Essex in the front row. Yeah. It's, Essex it's, asks a question he doesn't like. Runner. It's always a threat to go run sprints again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, sort of staying on the topic of that DC trip, what was what was that like in terms of team bonding? What did what did you guys get up to there? Any memorable experiences um, from that trip to Kevin, your future home as president of the United States and our nation's capital? You know, as a politics major for me, it was awesome. You know, getting to see the Supreme Court, we got to go play in the Supreme Court's basketball court, which was super super cool. Um, you know, once a lifetime experience. Then getting to go to the White House after that, the African American History Museum after that. It was a really cool experience. Um, getting to go places I'll never get to go to, go to my life unless elected, which won't happen. But thanks for the support, guys. Um, but you know, it was an awesome trip and team bonding was great. And in the scrimmage, we learned a lot too. But yeah, I think just each experience was great. I think uh just being together is the biggest thing, you know, joking around, seeing all the sites. I think you can't like ask for a better experience. And I think uh, being able to, you know, scrimmage someone else not in a Wake Forest jersey is also a nice thing, too. But, I mean, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that we'll all remember. And then between you two, who do you think is going to win one-on-one? I mean, what, what's the game, too? Are we playing spots? Are we going to to? That's 21? a good question. Oh, you know what? What's First the... to 11, ones and twos. First to 11. How many spots? Three-point line, three dribbles. Are we going corner or wing? They say the middle of the basket. So, so top of the key? Yeah, top of the key. Yeah, top of the key. If it was corner, Kevin's got me in the corner. He's <laughs> a corner specialist. But, uh, you know, you got to be confident. I think it's going to be, you know, 11 9. I'll, I'll take the cake. I think, you know, if I get hot, um, you know, I'd win. Um, and then, you know, if I'm not hot, it'd be a close game. I mean, hopefully that's quick it out. But it'd be, I think it's 11 9 either way. But if I get hot or don't get hot, um, we're both going to go 11, 11, 9. Um, acknowledging, not not, winning. acknowledging that you guys are obviously like the best in the best walk-ons in the history of walk-ons who from the, the rest of the, the, the walk-on side of Wake Forest basketball, you think would provide the best competition to your two skills. Hmm. Are you asking the history of Wake Forest basketball? No, I'm talking about the, the team now, the, the, the five guys, you know, like if we're going like, two-on-two or one-on-one i think who could team up against you guys and give you guys a run for your money no one (laughs) i think i think owen and vince and will are all great players um it'd be fun to play against them you know they're all great dudes i don't know off the court i think it'd be fun and we do it sometimes so it's fun um ben i think at some point we're gonna need to get like a wake forest walk-on versus wake forest media pickup game 
I think oh, I yeah. just get I run know. up and down the court by you guys. Just we'd, we'd sell out the jewel for that one, and then uh, Essex and I would embarrass ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I heard, that, that... I heard, I heard uh, Grant would come back for it too. Oh, really? That's what that would be where I would fall. I, I'd run and I'd fall. That's where it would happen. Um, but anyways, you know, the fun questions, you know, aside, just one last serious one before we, you know, let you guys get back to all the important stuff you guys are up to. Um, just how hungry, you know, we've talked about this team the past two years coming just oh so close to making the tournament. How hungry do you think this team is to finally get to the NCAA tournament, both for for the team, for the program, for Coach Forbes, just everybody in Wake Forest basketball to to finally get over that that hump. You know, I think it's a lot for us. I mean, because we brought in Efton, we got Abramo, we got Hunter, we got AC. They've they've all you know had their share in the tournament. I think that's why we brought them in is to get back there. And I think we're all ready for it. We all want it. I know the community, Demon Deacon Nation, wants it, and I think we're gonna make it happen. But I think, you know, it's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, I think no one wants one more than Coach Forbes um, and our coaching staff. They're, they're amazing. They built a great team, um, and they're, they're they're hungry as well. But you know, we see our student section, you know, super super packed. We see you know everyone kind of engaging the community, asking us about it, rooting for us. So I think we're hungrier this year than ever because we want to make these people proud. You know, the people sitting next to you in class are just as talented in their whatever they're interested in, whether that be school or music or anything else as we are in basketball. And we want to show them that we are just as passionate Wake Forest University as they are. And we want to, you know, we want to get to the NCAA tournament. We want to do well in that tournament, but it's hard work, right? You know, it's not, it's not, not a layup. So we're, we're putting that hard work in and we're doing all we can to make that tournament. And I really think that this year is the year. Well, Ben, two of our favorites of the, the boots on the ground movement, Kevin Dunn <laughs> and RJ Kenup from the Wake Forest men's basketball team. Guys, thank you so much for joining us and we can't wait to see what you know happens on the court this year from from you and the team it's going to be a fun one appreciate you guys for having us thanks for having us guys always great seeing you guys that was kevin dunn and rj kenna ben what a a fun time to have those two two of our favorites on the boots on the ground pod yeah like i said at the top of the the segment there America's favorite walk-ons wouldn't have it any other way than to kick off our, our hoops um, focus this year with having those guys join always a lot of fun and, and brought up a lot of exciting things for this team this year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm waiting to not only see, you know, Kevin and RJ hit the court, but also Wake Forest basketball. It's a short time away, Ben. We are a week and a half from when the Alabama Crimson Tide come up to scrimmage the Deeks at the Joel for a very, very good cause supporting, you know, Janetta Forbes and, and people suffering from afflictions like her. Um, it's a great cause. Should be a great game for Wake Forest basketball. And then just the next week, Elon coming to the Joel to start off the 2023-2024 Wake Forest basketball season. That'll be it for us now, basketball-wise, on the Boots on the Ground pod. We will have football later this week. And then coming up next week, we will go deep, in-depth dive to the upcoming season for the Deeks on the court. So we have a lot coming up for football, a lot coming up for basketball. Stay tuned on the Boots on the Ground pod. We will see you soon.